way, you have that church goes that way, you have denominations, you have different segments, you have different kinds of Baptists. There's about, I don't know how many different kinds of Baptists there are, and Pentecostals, there's all these different, Pentecostal, and you have fundamentalists, and you have uh, all kinds of denominations. You have the, the, the mainstream Christendom of Catholic and Protestant and Episcopal and Presbyterian and uh, Methodist and all these other different groups, Mennonites uh, and the Amish and, and the, all these different groups within Christendom. How did this happen? Why is this happening? And the answer is in the Scriptures and it may not be surprising as you might think. But to one person, the prophet Jeremiah, um, when the Lord's speaking to him, he's shocked. And first in chapter 1 of the prophet Jeremiah, he is his calling to become a prophet, as we begin reading here. <clears throat> Ch- chapter 1 of Jeremiah, verses 4 to 8. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am a youth, for you shall go to all whom I send you. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Also verse 9. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. Okay. So the prophet Jeremiah is called, and apparently he's a young man. And, but he says, whatever I command you to speak, speak. He says, don't be afraid of their faces. And the reason he says that to Jeremiah, the young prophet, is because what he has to say is not pleasant at all. And he begins to reveal the, the word of the Lord. And the word of the Lord is talking about judgment is coming to the nation of Israel, to Judah. And... <clears throat> It goes through this long thing, and God te- and and the Lord is telling him that. And uh, in Jeremiah chapter four, we read verses six to ten. Set up the standard toward Zion, and take refuge. Do not delay, for I will bring disaster from the north and great destruction. The lion has come up from his thicket, and the destroyer of nations is on his way. He has gone forth from his place to make your land desolate. Your cities will be laid waste without inhabitant. For this, clothe yourself with sackcloth, lament, and wail. For the fierce anger of the Lord has not turned back from us. And it shall come to pass in that day, says the Lord, that the heart of the king shall perish and the heart of the princes, the priests shall be astonished, and the prophets shall wonder. Then I said, Ah, Lord God, surely you have greatly deceived this people 
and Jerusalem, saying, You shall have peace, whereas the sword reaches to the heart. <clears throat> the lion that he's talking about in verse 7 is, of course, uh, Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, was coming to destroy uh, Judah and Jerusalem. Judgment was coming because of the corruption of Israel. And for some historians, biblical historians say that Jeremiah warned the people of Israel for 40 years before it actually happened. I don't know how accurate that is, but the whole, most of the, most of the story and most of what's in the book of the prophet Jeremiah is just this repeated warning over and over again. There were other prophets too, but Jeremiah was one of the prominent prophets. So when, when by time <laughs> Jerusalem was destroyed by Nebuchadnezzar, he was not a young man anymore. The verse 10 expresses Jeremiah's response to hearing what God's telling him. And he's in shock. And listen to what he says. He accuses God. He says, Ah, Lord, then I said, Ah, Lord God, surely you have greatly deceived this people and Jerusalem, saying, You shall have peace. Whereas the sword reaches to the heart. Jeremiah was confused as a young man. He's saying, You're saying, you know, you're telling these people peace, and yet judgment is coming. You're deceiving these people. Jeremiah was confused, and he accused God of deceiving the people of Judah. He didn't understand. He was confused. <clears throat> As we go to Jeremiah chapter 14, the confusion is cleared up. As we go to Jeremiah chapter 14, verses 11 to 15, um, yeah. Then the Lord said to me, Do not pray for this people for their good. When they fast, I will not hear their cry. And when they offer burnt offering and grain offering, I will not accept them. But I will consume them by the sword, by the famine, and by the pestilence. Then I said, Ah, Lord God, behold, the prophets say to them, you shall not see the sword, nor shall you have famine, but I will but I will give you assured peace in this place. And the Lord said to me, The prophets prophesy lies in my name. I have not I have not sent them, commanded them, nor spoken to them. They prophesy to you a false vision, divination, a worthless thing, and the deceit of their heart. Therefore, thus says the Lord concerning the prophets who prophesy in my name, whom I did not send, and who say sword and famine shall not be in this land. By sword and famine, those prophets shall be consumed. Now you know what, where Jeremiah, why Jeremiah was confused. Because all these prophets were saying, oh, Nebuchadnezzar's not coming, there's no judgment coming, you know, there's going to be peace in our days. And all telling them exactly what they want to hear and everything. And the Lord reveals to Jeremiah what's really going on. There's a lot of people professing to be prophets of God. And he says they're prophesying lies. They're speaking things that are false. They're not telling the truth. I didn't send them. They're speaking visions of their own mind. 
They're speaking deceitful things. They're speaking lies. And so, because of it, judgment came. To, he, those false prophets deceived the people of Judah. And judgment came to them. But God says, I have not sent them. I have not commanded them. I have not spoken to them. They prophesied you a false vision, divination, a worthless thing, the deceit of their own hearts. So, well, that's a great history lesson, but what did that have to do with us? As we go on, we'll begin to look at, and we will try to connect the dots from then to today. And we continue in chapter 23 of Jeremiah. And I'll read this because I'm going to skip around. I'll just, mm-hmm. We'll go uh, chapter 23 and verse 14 first. <clears throat> I have seen a horrible thing in the prophets of Jerusalem. They commit adultery, walk in lies, they strengthen the hand of evildoers, so that no one turns back from his wickedness. All of them are like Sodom to me, inhabitants are like Gomorrah. Corruption in the ministry. The prophets, a horrible thing. In verse before it, it says they cause the people to err, and it says they commit adultery and walk in lies. I was reading to Kate something I read in the news last night. This is just one example. In the Southern Baptist Convention, uh, it's the largest Protestant denomination in America, and they certainly use the Bible and everything, but they talked about how many lawsuits and how many people in the ministry, preachers, are being um, indicted for... uh, adulterous, uh, immoral uh, assaults, sexual assaults, molestations, things like that, in the ministry. We certainly heard that from the Catholic Church, even some of the so-called ministers that I knew as a kid uh, ended up being uh, defrocked and some of them imprisoned for some of the evil deeds of immorality that they did. Um, it's not a new thing. When we hear these things, understand that God brought judgment to the people of Judah and singled out, <coughs> most especially, the prophets of, and the, the priests and the ministers of Judah who led their people to error. Verse 13, I didn't read. I have seen folly in the prophets of Samaria prophesied by Baal and caused my people Israel to err. Verse 16, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Do not listen to the words of the prophets who prophesied to you. They make you worthless. They speak a vision of their own heart, not from the mouth of the Lord. They continually say to me, They can only say to those who despise me, the Lord has said, you shall have peace. And to everyone who walks according to the stubbornness or the imagination of his own heart, they say, no evil shall come upon you. 
Everything's okay. You don't have to repent. You know, and just a, an easy believism gospel. And saying you don't have... And, and, and denying things that are plainly spoken in the Word of God. Plainly. Verse 25. I have heard what the prophets say, have said who prophesy lies in my name, saying, I have dreamed, I have dreamed. How long will this be in the heart of the prophets who prophesy lies? Indeed, they are prophets of the deceit of their own hearts. Verse 32. Behold, I am against those who prophesy false dreams, says the Lord, and tell them, and cause my people to err by their lies and by their recklessness. Yet I did not send them or command them. Therefore, they shall not profit this people at all, says the Lord. There is a powerful message in the in the words of the prophet Jeremiah that the Lord gave to him, to the church of Jesus Christ for today. And it is the answer to why there's such confusion in Christendom. I have had unbelievers say to me, look at all these things Christians are doing. You know, all this harshness. They go from everything from the witch hunts in Salem and all these other things and and I have to tell them the truth. They're not following the words of Jesus. You know, that's, that's the downright truth. And so we have to know the words of Jesus for ourselves and the words of the apostles because there's deception afoot in every corner of Christendom. And what Jesus said, as we go to Matthew chapter 7, very familiar words to many of us. Matthew 7, verse 13. chapter. <laughs> Matthew 7 and verse uh, 13, yes. Uh, 13 uh, to 15, Dave. <clears throat> Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is that way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life and there are few who find it. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. Words of Jesus. Beware of false prophets. Isn't that interesting that Jesus says that right after he talks about the narrow road and the broad road? First thing he says right after that, is beware of false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inside they are ravenous wolves. What does that mean? A wolf in sheep's clothing, what does that mean? A wolf, we know, comes to destroy and, and to eat up the flock of sheep in the natural. But here we have 
wolves dressed up like sheep. Well, who are the sheep? And Jesus says, my sheep follow me. And they hear my voice. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The sheep is us who are in Christ. But he says there's people who would appear to be sheep. <coughs> but they're not. They're false prophets who come to tear up the flock, to deceive the flock. Just like the false prophets deceive the people of Judah. False prophets. Matthew 24. Jesus gives the signs of His coming. And uh, verses 23 to 20, um, 26. Then if anyone says to you, Look, here is the Christ, or there... Do not believe it, for false Christs and false prophets will arise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. See, I have told you beforehand. Therefore, if, you, if they say to you, look, he is in the desert, do not go out. Or look, he is in the inner rooms, do not believe it. Mm-hmm. Verse 27. For as lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Before the return of Jesus physically to the earth, there's going to be a massive amount here of false teachings, false prophets, and false Christs. People who will be like Messiah figures. And not only will it be in word, but they will have, as it says here, they will show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. In the book of Revelation, it says that the false prophet in the book of Revelation will be able to call fire down from the heaven. And the Antichrist is going to receive a deadly wound, and he's and the false prophet's going to heal his deadly wound. Supernatural power, but not from God. But from the enemy, the devil. Remember, the devil is a fallen angel. He has a certain amount of supernatural power. Great, uh, we live in an age of great deception. And that deception is not only in the world, unfortunately, but it's also in Christendom. Beware of false prophets. Jesus spoke that to his disciples. Not just to the people who are in the world, but to his disciples. Behold, I have told you this ahead of time, beforehand. So, a great warning from Jesus. And Jesus said in Luke chapter 6, Woe to you, and all men speak well of you, because that's what they did for the false prophets. That's in Luke 6. Speaking well. Why do people speak well of false teachers? That's a question. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, 2 Timothy chapter 4, we'll read verses 
verses 1 to 4. I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. Here's the answer. That's why false prophets are spoken well of. Because they're telling people what they want to hear. The false prophets of Judah, they were telling the people of Judah and Jerusalem, Nebuchadnezzar's not coming here. I mean, Nebuchadnezzar was eating up all the nations around them and destroying them. And the false prophets were telling the people of Judah, oh yeah, they're doing that there, they're not going to come here. You know, in times past, God delivered Judah and Israel from these kind of kings. But that's when they were uh, in a different place. Judah was listening to these false teachings and false prophets now. So, you know, and they were committing adultery and doing all kinds of evil things, and violence and all kinds of stuff, and being immoral, and practicing everything from sorcery and witchcraft. And the prophets are like, ah, you know, God's not, God's going to be with you, and you're going to have peace, and no problem. You're good. <clears throat> False prophets in our time teach the same things. When I listen to, to preachers at evangelist meetings sometimes, whether it's on TV or meetings that I've gone to, when I've gone to different some churches and they, they talk about, they invite people to come to be saved, the word repentance is never even mentioned. And yet John the Baptist said, repent for the kingdom of God is near at hand. Jesus' words were repent or perish. When Peter was asked by the people in Jerusalem, men and brethren, which shall we do? To those who had believed, he said, repent and be baptized, all of you, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For this promise is for you, your children, and those who are far off, as many as the Lord our God shall call. Turn away from our ways that are sinful and carnal and, and ungodly. And yet the false prophets, in that time and in this time, it's one of the things that they're teaching. Teaching it's okay to live carnally. That it's all okay because of the grace of God. And we will talk further on that when we go to the... <clears throat> it says that they would teach things that would be according to their desires. According to their lust. A doctrine of Christ that caters to our lust. Isn't that something? <coughs> that these that's what these teachers would teach. That it's okay to be selfish. It's okay not to turn the other cheek. It's okay to go to war and carry guns and shoot other people. Jesus taught us to love our enemies, to do good to those who do evil to us. Bless those who curse us. And yet I've heard preacher after preacher after preacher, and you've heard it too, tell you that Jesus didn't really, that's not what he was really saying. He wasn't really saying what he was saying there. False prophets. 
twisting up the Sermon on the Mount and the new teachings of the new covenant that Jesus brought. Not according to the old covenant, but according to the new. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to fables. The next one we'll go to is the second to last book of the Bible, the book of Jude. And we'll read verses uh, 3 to 5, 3 to 6, I'm sorry. Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you exhorting to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. For certain men have crept in unnoticed, who long ago were marked out for this condemnation, ungodly men, who turn the grace of our God into lewdness and deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. But I want to remind you, though you once knew this, that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed those who did not believe, and the angels who did not keep their proper domain but left their own abode, he has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness for the judgment of the great day. Mm-hmm. Here we, Jude talks about the necessity to contend earnestly for the faith that was once and for all delivered to the saints. He says, because ungodly people have crept in. Crept into where? Crept into the church. And they are turning the grace of God into the King James Version says licentiousness. The the word licentious comes from the word license. That means when you have a license to do something, it's kind of like it gives you a green light to do things. The green light to be lewd, to be lustful, to be ungodly, to be immoral. It says they crept in unnoticed. People didn't notice that, that there was false teachings and false prophets that are coming into the church and teaching false things. But the history of Christendom clearly reveals that. That there are so many strange and weird things done in the history of Christendom. The Inquisition in the Dark Ages. You know, so many weird and strange and ungodly things in the name of Jesus. The Crusades in, in the Middle East and all the other things. And horrible atrocities done in the name of Jesus. Why? Because somebody somewhere was teaching them from the pulpit strange things. Things that appealed to them. What appeals to us more? An eye for an eye or tooth for a tooth? Or do good to those who do evil to you? And bless those who curse you? They taught one of the things that false prophets of the New Covenant teach is to things that come from the old covenant to override things that Jesus taught. So from there we go to Second uh, Peter in chapter one. 
verses uh, 19 to 21, and then going into chapter 2, uh, Dave, uh, verses 1 to 3. So Second mm-hmm. Peter one nineteen to Second Peter chapter 2, verse 3. And so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts, knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. But there were also false prophets among them, uh, the people, even as there were, will be false teachers among you, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who brought them, who bought them, and bring on themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their destructive ways, because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed. By covetousness they will exploit you with deceptive words. For a long time their judgment has not been idle, and their destruction does not slumber. Mm -hmm. Prophets of God spoke as the Holy Spirit moved them. The people of God speak as the Holy Spirit moves them. But then you have the other element. There would be false prophets among us. They would bring secretly bring in destructive teachings, false teachings. And many will follow their destructive ways, and because of whom the way of the truth will be blasphemed. The way of the truth would be spoken evil of, one version says. That's why people in the world, it's one of the reasons why such evil is spoken about Christianity about Christians. We sing the song, they will know we are Christians by our love for each other. By our love. But yet, Jesus said at the time of the end, because iniquity abounds, the love of many would grow cold. That there's a lot of harshness and violence done within the within Christendom. There is a militaristic viewpoint. We have elements of Christendom that are gathering together all kinds of stuff and storing all kinds of weapons and all kinds of survival stuff for the purpose of defending themselves against the Antichrist and all this and against uh, you know a corrupt nation and a corrupt government that we have now and and there's all this fear and all this fear of survival and this fear of uh, defending ourselves and all this other stuff against the teaching of Jesus very clearly. Very clearly. Now you might be able to defend that kind of teaching using the Old Covenant. But Jesus said, no one who tastes the old man, old wine desires the new because they say the old is better. And what's he talking about? He's talking about people who prefer the teachings of the Old Covenant. The eye for the eye, the tooth for the tooth, as opposed to Loving your enemies, doing good to those who do evil to you, turning the other cheek. False prophets in the land. In First John chapter 4 and verse 1 it says, Test all spirits because many false prophets have gone out into the world. And then we go to Acts chapter 17. 
as Paul, or chapter 20, I'm sorry, verse 7. Acts chapter 20. Beginning in verse 25 to verse um, 31. Verses 25. This is Paul speaking to the, uh, the, uh, the elders of the church at Ephesus. And indeed, now I know that you all, among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God, will see my face no more. Therefore, I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all men. For I have not shunned to declare to you the whole, God, the whole counsel of God. Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Also, from among yourselves, men will rise up, speaking perverse things, to draw away the disciples after themselves. Therefore, watch and remember, for three years I did not cease to warn everyone night and day with tears. For three years he warned them, day and night, with tears. I guess what Paul thought what he was saying was pretty important to do that. And so, a warning to the, the, the church at Ephesus. Because he knew what was coming. The Apostle Paul knew what was coming. He said that among yourselves, he said, savage wolves would spring up. They would come in among you, not sparing the flock. Just like Jesus said. They would be deceived. They would deceive people in the church. And he says, even from among yourselves, in verse 30, People rise up speaking perverse things. Why? To draw disciples after themselves. Why would people want to draw disciples after themselves? Pride? Money? Influence? Remember, Satan, he drew away a third of the angels of heaven after him. They are now, these, they are now known as evil spirits, demons, devils. To work with the deceiver, the Satan, the devil. And so, it's not a surprise that those who are under Satan's influence will want to draw people after themselves too. For all those same reasons. It says that the enemy fell because of The devil fell because of pride. He, he warned them to watch. He says, for three years I warned you that this was going to happen to watch and to be on vigilant against these people. And finally, we go to um, Acts 17. And before we read this, we ask, well, what, what do we do then? You know, how do we know what's right and wrong, true and false? You know, is it okay for somebody to divorce their wife or husband and marry someone else and still be a Christian and still be following the Lord? Jesus said that was adultery. 
And there are those who take certain scriptures and twist them to say that it's okay. If you read all the scriptures in the New Testament, it's very clear it's not okay. But adultery is still adultery. When I was a kid in Christendom, that was to some degree still held to. Even though I wasn't a believer at that time, it's something I took note of. The answer is what we read in uh, Acts 17, verses 10 to 12. Then the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. When they arrived, they went into the synagogue of the Jews. These were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness and searched the Scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. Therefore, many of them believed, and also not a few of them Greeks, prominent women as well as men. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the danger, because <clears throat> well, false prophets use the Word of God. We see that when Jesus was being tempted, that the devil himself would have tempted him, and that after his, he was fasting for 40 days, use the Word of God. So people might be thumping the Bible and preaching from the Bible. The Apostle Paul and Silas, they were, they were telling them the Word of God. But it says they searched the Scriptures daily to see that the things that Paul and Silas said were true or not. They didn't just do a, a quick scan. They said, oh yeah, the Bible said that again. They searched the Scriptures daily. This was a deep study, a daily study, to see if the things that this Apostle taught were true or not. Is this from God or isn't it? You didn't see the high priests who condemned Jesus do that. You didn't see the Sanhedrin that condemned the apostles do that. And they condemned Paul. You didn't see them studying the Scriptures daily to see if those things were true or not. There's no mention of that. False teachers can be exposed if, the, if we allow the Holy Spirit to lead us in the Word of God. If we go on our own, we can make as many mistakes and, and preach as many false things as the false prophets. We can become a false prophet ourselves. But Jesus said that the Holy Spirit would guide us into all truth. The Holy Spirit guides us into all truth. You'd be a teacher, our guide, our comforter, our help. 